welcome to another episode of the CEC's The Windy Napkin Podcast. In this space, we aim to highlight the entrepreneurial stories of DePaul students, alumni, faculty, and small businesses throughout Chicago. My name is Shivani Maduli, and I'll be your host for today's episode. In our last episode, I spoke to a Purpose Pitch winner. In this episode, I'll be speaking to a winner of the Student Innovation Expo. In this event, the CEC hosts a number of DePaul students to showcase their business ideas for the chance to earn a scholarship. For this episode, we've invited Eric Villa, a junior at DePaul's film school studying creative producing. Eric is the co-founder of Studio, a distribution and social platform for student filmmakers. What inspired Eric to create this platform? How does it help student filmmakers? In this episode, we'll get all the details. Hi, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be here in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. All right. Well, so you are a participant of the Student Innovation Expo, and you received a scholarship. Congratulations. Thank you. I unfortunately wasn't there to see the entire thing, but I've heard so many great things, and I wanted to have you come in today to just really tell us about it and tell us everything you know, and I'm really curious to know about you. So um, you're an undergraduate, junior, Yeah, I'm I'm a junior undergrad. Got you, got you. All right, so like, how did you choose your major? Tell me everything. Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) All right, let's, we'll take it way back, because my, like, major decision was, like, it's, like, a mess of, like, a lot of different factors. So after the financial crisis in 2008, my uncle was, like, a professional musician. He, like, worked on Baywatch. He, like, did some film scoring. And then Napster and the financial crisis happened, and I kind of watched firsthand how, like, bad tech and bad like finances can kind of just like screw over an artist like the songs are still the same but the value capture completely changed and so I kind of became fascinated with how tech could like change the economics of media and so by the time I was like 13 14 I started making like tech YouTube videos I would just review like phones I thought it was I thought it was fun it was cool one of those videos like kind of went viral. Uh, it was titled MKBHD is Spider-Man. MKBHD is like the biggest tech YouTuber. He's like 10 million subscribers now. Back then he had like two, maybe maybe less. Wow. Um, and so I made the video and like Marquez watched it and like, he like commented on the video and it like got 40,000 views overnight or whatever. Um, and that kind of plugged me into this community of all these content creators. And so by the time I'm like 16, I've like met a kid who hired me as a video producer on like the leading Android exchange forum. And like we've gone to like CES, which is like the biggest event in tech as like members of the press. We, we kind of like did all this stuff together, just coming up like a bunch of kids who are interested in tech who like met on the internet. And like those were like my best friends. Those still are my best friends. I, I flew to LA a couple weeks ago to go see some of them. And so for me, college was a big question mark because there's no YouTube major. There's no major for being a YouTuber. All I knew is that like I wanted to make videos. I I, I kind of just knew I wanted to make tech videos, and I just wanted them to be cooler and more fun than any like other tech videos on the internet. I came to film school with like one very explicit reason: I'm gonna make the best tech YouTube videos on the internet. And then I I got here, and the film school application process was really weird mm-hmm. because no one told me not to apply to like certain film schools. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of film schools where, like, it's a very anti-YouTube culture. It's kind of like, I, I wouldn't say it's shamed, um, but those are, those are schools that, like, want you to make, like, quote-unquote, like, cinema, what, like, Martin Scorsese would call cinema. And I wanted to be a content creator. I wanted to make just, like, an infinite pile of stuff and, like, build an audience. And I get to school. I apply to film school. I know I want to do something in, like, content production. And sort of, like, this itching feeling in the back of my head was, like, I wonder what else I could do 
do. It, it wasn't even that I, I wondered what else I could do. It's just like I, I was a, a videographer at Chicago Music Exchange for a little while, and I was there the summer that they their sister company, Reverb, got bought. And that company was started by a DePaul alum. This tech company, I thought it was like a really dumb idea when I first heard of it. It's a, it's a, they only sell used instruments. That's like their specialty. And I was like, how, how's this a sustainable, sustainable business? Like that makes no sense. Well, like, wouldn't you just go to Etsy or wouldn't you just go to eBay? Mm-hmm. And so say, I think seeing Etsy acquire that business, I realized like you could have niche businesses and those can be successful. And like, you don't have to be the Facebooks or the Amazons of the world to like build software that provides value. And I think the founder also being a DePaul alum was a big deal. So I got to school and I was kind of, I kind of became obsessed with like entrepreneurship and, and like tech outside of the consumer world. And like, I was kind of curious what Silicon Valley was like. And I started learning about it. And then, yeah, I guess the idea for studio kind of came out of that time, like a combination of like loneliness and kind of being obsessed with seeing this one Chicago tech company make an exit and be like, could I make another Chicago tech company kind of deal? Yeah. Wow. So you... When did the when did studio start? Twenty twenty or earlier? When did that? When did you really bring it about? Oh, okay. Um, so I came up with a name in twenty nineteen, um, and at first it was like honestly a kind of like toxic idea. It was like I got to film school, and, and DePaul has like a really really diverse array of students. So there's some students who've never made a movie, some who want to make YouTubers, some who want to be YouTubers, some who want to like make cinema, some who like just want to gaff on sets, like. Super diverse. So my idea was like, let's make a website that's like just for the kids who want to like make like very specific things. So like if you want to make cinema, like you you just like fall into this section, you just watch stuff from like the best people who like just want to make like narrative Paul Thomas Anderson type movies. If you just want to make YouTube videos, you will go to the YouTube video section. And like everyone has their kind of category. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the initial idea. And then the minimum viable product was like in January 2020. I started reposting my friends to Paul movies on an Instagram page. And yeah, I guess from there the pandemic started and then no one had anything to do. So I started getting kids from NYU and USC on here. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Like I'm meeting all these people. Maybe they could be on this tech platform. And then, um, yeah, we spent two years trying to build a tech platform and going nowhere. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm curious though, like, during the pandemic, do you think the output of like student films increased, decreased, or did it like, do you think people got, I, I don't know, discouraged by this current state of things? Was anything affected in a negative or positive way? There was a down, there was a, probably a downturn in production for a few months, but a lot of people were either like making stuff at home mm-hmm. or they had a back catalog. And for the first time they were considering distribution because everyone's eyeballs were on the internet and they're like, oh my gosh, like I can make something and could probably get more views than like any other time in history because people are just so hungry for content. So I I think we were in a really advantageous place because there were plenty of people who like had all these short films and like the life cycle of a student filmmaker is like, I write a script, I make a movie. Okay, what's next? The, the conversation around distribution, sometimes you're going to talk about putting it in a film festivals, but that's like, that's not super, com- like it's expensive to go to film festivals. You kind of have to like be a go-getter. You have to be like really entrepreneurial to like 
want to invest the money to go to a film festival to network. Like, there's a lot of steps there. So a lot of people just throw it on Vimeo, show it to their friends, move on, next project. And like, I don't know, as someone for me who was always making content because I was thinking about views, that was super foreign to me. And I was like, how can we market you guys in the same way that like when I make like an LG V20 video, I know like, okay, this is going to rank in search. I can like write an article and it'll pop up on Google. You know, how can we think through discovery for student filmmakers in the same way that I I could when I was making tech videos. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in short, I I actually don't think it hurt production too badly. The biggest reason I find that student filmmakers aren't making a project or aren't making projects at any given time is honestly just because they're in classes. (laughs) So, yeah. 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 I mean, you mentioned that like, you know, coming to DePaul and just like college in general is kind of like a big question mark for you at the beginning. Do you think that it's changed since, like, you've taken classes, used, I guess, resources? Like, how, how is that? How has that changed? College has been a safe space to learn about a lot of the soft skill things, mm-hmm. um, personality things, the types of people I want to be around. Um, you know, the fact that I can, like, I'm not stressing about my next client as much as, I mean, I, I always am stressing about where the bag is coming from and the, the next big thing. Um, but I'm not stressing about it as much as I would have had I not gone to college. And yeah, I think it, it's given me a little bit of negotiating leverage. It gives people peace of mind knowing I'm a part of like this community and I can connect with other people who are part of that community. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, there's still no YouTube major. Um, <laughs> I think if there's a YouTube major, yeah. it'd be an easier question to answer. Yeah, we got to write that down, get someone to make that a thing. So I've done a little bit of research just about business models. Like how would you explain Studio as like a business model? Like where, how did you set it up? And like what, what goes into it? Yeah, so... Yeah. Studio is not a traditional business. This is not a bake shop. Um, the beautiful thing about software is that it's largely risk-free. Our expenses are at about like $40 a month. Hmm. Um, and we do like 100 to 300 users a month. We actually just launched our platform because we haven't found product market. We hadn't found product market fit until this year. So the conversation around monetization has only just begun because we finally need capital to actually push this in front of people. Prior, it was always a function of can we put together a team that can actually execute on building this? That took two years. After this, let me share the story about how I met my engineer. It was always just like, can we put together a team? Can we build something people want? Like the conversation around money has only just barely begun. Um, and I think that that is, it has been advantageous in terms of our ability to persevere through all of the BS. Because mm. um, yeah, we, we've, we functionally have taken on no risk. It's been entirely reward. The, the only real cost has been like the cost on our egos and mental health when we like continue, we spent all this time on a thing that's not working. I think that that was, has been like our key competitive advantage. It's the fact that like we can be really patient. We're not hinging our egos on this. We're not getting press coverage. Like we're just building a thing because people keep asking for it. And we're going to run this Instagram page where like every day another person reaches out to us and wants to be on this platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's our relationship with money. Um, Long term, for anyone interested in investing in the creator economy in Chicago, um, we want to build out a lot of financial infrastructure. So uh, when I would monetize tech YouTube videos, I had I had a really small channel. I did like I had six thousand subscribers. I did two thousand views a week. Nothing crazy. But I was making like a thousand bucks a month, which was like freaking great for a sixteen year old getting two thousand views a week. Um, and so that business model was a combination of. Google pre-roll ads, Amazon affiliate links, sponsorships, and then licensing. Like I would license my footage and my B-roll to sponsors. And we want to do something really similar. So 
essentially the the idea is like we want to find new ways to extract value from student filmmakers. And so the first thing we really want to do, like the exciting thing is build out affiliate link infrastructure. So like if you shoot a beautiful movie, your cinematographer could get a commission off of someone deciding to buy the camera that your cinematographer bought on. And, you know, those lenses, well, oh my gosh, I, I saw this movie. I'm going to look this person up. Okay, he shoots with these lenses. I'm going to buy them from him. Um, and so you, you can sort of start to actually create value just from the fact that like you're making beautiful art, you know, and if you're a great writer, let's connect you as a script doctor and have you read over people's scripts. And there, there's a lot of like really cool stuff that I think we can do to ex- extract value that's not currently being extracted mm-hmm. um, just because of how scattered, how many student filmmakers they are and how we haven't been able to like, collaborate and work together. There's a lot of potential in the business model, but we, we just haven't been in a position where like we're in that privilege to even think about it mm-hmm. we're not business people not really like I, yes I, I build businesses and stuff but I, i'm like i'm a creator i just make stuff i mean i think you're a business person in your own right like everything you're doing right now everything you're describing business i mean everything has business in it like go you like we're figuring this out without a business major i had to ask about this stuff but you figuring it out on your own huge feat in of itself. I've, I've learned more from trying to build a thing and consistently getting punched in the face <laughs> than I, I think, than I think I have ever learned from anything else. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, that's yeah. A good point. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned you had a story about your meeting your engineer. Yeah. So this yeah. is where like the getting punched in the face comes in. So pandemic hits and I had co-founded a talent agency in high school with one of my YouTube friends who we hired to do like a press thing anyways. And he's like a killer designer. He knows he like, he just knows how to make stuff gorgeous. So I was like, Hey man, like, do you want to work on this project with me? Like, you want to be a co-founder? He's like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I'll punch it up. I'll come on. And like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I got nothing to do. Um, so he kind of comes on part time, like nothing official. And we, I'm able to like convince this UIC student to build us like a base version of the platform. And he like, hacks together like this base version of platform, we get people on and people are like, I, I don't want to do this. And so, and then, yeah, the, the UIC student is kind of like, yeah, man, like, I, I think I'm just going to focus on school. Like, I don't really want to commit to this project. Um, totally understand. Like we're still on good terms and everything, but yeah, so it was just me and a designer for 15, 16 months. First we tried just getting people on the platform, even though it wasn't good, terrible idea. Then we tried restarting our agency but under this new name, we have this like cool new website where like you can get on and then like we'll scout the talent on the website and then put student filmmakers with brands uh, and brand opportunities uh, rather than do like content creators and influencers. That didn't really work either. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like when you hear student filmmaker, you don't think quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't have much leverage going into negotiations. So we'd like talk to a couple of clients and be like, I don't know, like, wh- you know, you're not providing us with an audience. Like I'm not... I'm not connecting you with like a creator who has their own community. It's just this this kid, right? So I was like, okay, this is this won't work either. So then a friend tells me, hey, DePaul is looking into building a streaming service just for DePaul, just for like DePaul Film School students. I'm like, dope, okay, sick. This is us. So we go and we rebuild the whole website just to look like it's made for DePaul. I'm like, we go and I like I sit in with a meeting with uh, like some people in the film school. I'm like, what y'all think? Um, and they're like this is really, really cool, but we're not in a place where like, we're going to invest in like all this tech. Uh, We told them we needed $20,000, which wasn't true. 
but we, we were convinced we needed $20,000 because I had no idea how we were going to convince an engineer to work with us. This whole time, I'm just getting like sideswiped and rejected mm -hmm. engineer after engineer. I would go on Reddit to Illinois Institute of Technology threads, and I'd find people who are like complaining about coding homework. And I'd be like, oh, if you like don't like your homework, like you could work on this cool project with me. I, I was at a party once and there was a Michigan State kid who told me like, oh, I'm studying computer science and entrepreneurship. And I run up to him like full, I, he must've thought that I was gonna like, just like attack him. And I was like, what do you think about content? Blah, 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 blah. And like, I totally freaked this kid out. I've never spoken to him since. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just I was so desperate to get an engineer on board. Cause if we, if we wouldn't need capital if we didn't have an engineer. So anyways, we tried to pitch to Paul. They didn't like it, but we liked this idea of like, okay, so there's, some, there's something in here about the idea of being able to watch movies specifically from DePaul. December 2020 rolls around. We've been building for about a year now. Kind of screwed. And I'm like, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a, um, a post from DePaul Chicks. Like the Instagram, do you follow DePaul Chicks? It's like a barstool post. No, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh my gosh. It? <laughs> okay, so it's like, it's a DePaul meme page. Okay. Um, so it's just like, I don't know, it's just videos of like people partying and like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Someone and their post is like, comment your major without telling us your major. Mm. I think this could be a, this mm -hmm. could be a place to find my people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, a, a kid comments, I love Elon Musk. Instantly go to his DePaul CS, you know, 2021. Okay, all right, this is my guy. I scroll through, he has a public Instagram profile, and I see in a post like from like four years ago that like one of my friends from percussion in high school is like in this post, like dancing around or something stupid. Mm -hmm. I immediately text my friend from high school, do you know this kid? <laughs> I need an engineer. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, oh yeah, that's like, that's my friend Owen. Like we went to camp together. Like mm -hmm. he's from like Wisconsin and he's actually at DePaul. You know, I told you that you should meet him your freshman year. I was like, shut up, I don't care. Like <laughs> put me in contact with this kid right now. He's like, okay. So the next week I go and I, I call Owen and I'm like, I got like my chest pulled out and puffed out. And I'm just like, yeah, like I've built a couple of like businesses on the internet before. Like no big deal. Like I, I just, I really understand content and like, it'd be nice if we could have like an engineer to help us like kind of take this to the next level. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, do you know what Kanban is? No, no. Okay. Um, well, what, what's your tech stack? Uh back end <laughs> like i have no idea what i'm talking about he like totally calls he like totally calls my bluff he like sees the fact that like i'm not a tech person i'm not an engineer but like i think he could tell that like i like have been obsessed with this idea for a while mm -hmm. so he joins the team january 2021 oh and from august until january of this year it was just like launch crash launch crash launch crash and it wasn't until november i'm calling the interview for like this like boot camp thing that's free. That was critical. Um, it's like a non-for-profit. So they weren't taking equity, which is great because it's it was unclear if we were worth anything, if this was a business. And we get rejected from the program, but this guy emails me and he's like, you're like, your idea has a lot of potential. And like, I can tell like you care about this. Like, can you sit down and talk? We call, he's like, what's your value proposition? And I like had no idea. <laughs> like I, I had yeah. assumptions about what the value proposition was, but I had, I had no idea. And I, I would get off this 20 minute call and he's like, he's just like, you should be able to say what your value proposition is in a sentence. Right. And I get off the call and I just text in all caps in like the, the company discord, watch films from your school, watch films from your school. 
that's the value proposition. Everything we should be doing should solve that problem. There's no way to easily watch films from your school. And when I pitch this idea to the other people, the one thing that resonates with them is like, oh, I, I do kind of wonder what like people at USC are doing. Like I graduated from there like 30 years ago and I'm kind of curious what movies they're making. Like I remember that was a big part of the culture. And yeah, um, Owen built the school's feature. Um, and we launched in January with like the very explicit purpose of like we're a streaming service where you watch films from your school. And immediately we like talk to beta testers. And usually the point of feedback is like, can you add a like button or like stuff where it's like stop. Like they just wa- kind of wanted us to make it more like Instagram or like something they knew that had product market fit. Um, and this time the thing, the most common thing people said was when can I share this with my friends? We did a soft launch at Penn State in January and crashed our servers. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, like we don't pay a lot of money for our servers, but that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then we actually are doing our official launch today. We got press yesterday. Really? We uh, are bringing on students at NYU, Chapman, USC. Um, I'm talking to a couple kids at SCAD, LMU, uh, all the letters. If you can wow. think of a letter, it's probably in there. <laughs> and yeah, all because I, I found an engineer in comment section because I made some YouTube videos and that caught the attention of a talented designer. Wow. That's amazing. Congrats today. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. Fun timing. All right. Well, we're coming down to our final minute. So I just kind of want to ask you a few more questions. Do you have any ideas for what this will look like in maybe three to five years? Do you have any big ideas for how you want to expand? Um, yeah. Like, uh, so I've been reading Beyond Entrepreneurship. One of the things uh, that's like mentioned in that book is like, we often tell young people what we, what do you want to do? We ask them like, what do you want to accomplish? Um, and it's very difficult to optimize for, Yeah, you're, you know, like uh, there's, there's a lot of variables. There's been a lot of serendipity, a lot of luck. So, um, in terms of where studio is going, like we have ideas for where the product is going and we sort of have our core set of values that are determining how we decide to move and all that. But the, the most critical thing for me, like personally in my life, is surrounding myself with people. And that's what this book says. It's like optimize for the people that you want to be around because that you have control over. And those are the people that will inform the direction of your life, regardless of what you end up doing. Mm-hmm. I want to be around ambitious, empathetic, and creative people. Mm-hmm. That's what's important to me. That's the culture that I want to build at Studio. I'm really excited to one day build a company that, that has that culture. In terms of this product, in terms of where we're going now, all I really know is that I love my co-founders, and even if studio fails, we're probably going to start our next thing together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of value in student filmmakers that isn't being tapped. Okay, one cool feature. I'll geek out for a second. <laughs> one cool feature that I think we could really build that could be really interesting is, like, right now, the most common job for, like, a student filmmaker during school in the industry is they'll do script coverage. They'll, like, write down whether or not a script is good or bad. And then a producer can, like, use that as a means of determining. What I think we could do is aggregate data on a bunch of different students' script coverage, sell that data to production companies, and then actually pass some of those profits down back to student filmmakers. So rather than doing unpaid internships, we can, by by unionizing, essentially, and, like, aggregating all of that data, we have more negotiating leverage. We also have a higher value proposition so we can get paid a premium for that and then pass those profits down to student filmmakers and that that fundamentally changes the value proposition of film school yeah absolutely that's a great idea do you have any advice for people who maybe are looking to start a business yeah build habits i like i like i don't i don't love giving advice because i don't even love talking about entrepreneurship because again like i just i build cool stuff like every week i like calling my co-founders every week i like pushing product even if it doesn't work like you know Mm -hmm. and and i think like 
enjoying building product is really critical. Enjoying being around your co-founders is really critical. Yeah. And um, yeah, just building habit. Build like build the habit of creating constantly, mm-hmm. whether it's a YouTube video every week or sending a certain amount of emails to potential clients every day or trying to push products on a certain deadline. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it just comes down to consistency. Absolutely, for sure. There are people that want to connect with you. Where can they connect with you? Well, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, studio is spelled S-T-U-U-D-E-O. And then I guess you can, you can email me at my personal email, just like hello at Eric, E-R-I-C, the letter P, the letter V. Hello at ericpv.com. That's a good personal email to, to reach me at. But yeah, thank you so much, Giovanni. This That's has been fun. Funny. I really enjoyed talking to you. You're inspiring me while you were talking. I was like, wow, I need to start doing stuff. But like, it's been crazy. <laughs> been great. You're doing but this. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, this was fun. And that's a wrap on Eric's episode. If you're interested in connecting with Eric or looking more into studio, there will be a link to all his socials just mentioned in the description. If you'd like to learn more about the Student Innovation Expo, scholarship recipients, and their business ideas, check out our Instagram at Coleman underscore center, also linked in the description. If you have any questions about the podcast, business inquiries, or questions you'd like me to ask future guests, please email smaduli at depaul.edu. This is the CEC tuning out. Here we do good and do well.